I'm Scott Hervey from Weintraub Tobin. And I'm Josh Escovito from Weintraub Tobin. On today's installment of The Briefing by the IP Law Blog, we'll talk about a dispute that arose between the estate of J.R.R. Tolkien and the proprietor of a new cryptocurrency that is being sold or was being sold at jrrtoken.com. Josh, I understand you want to have a token IP discussion today. <laughs> Forgive me, that's a bad joke, but I just had to say it. That's definitely a bad joke, but the substance is accurate. Today, I want to discuss a recent complaint lodged with the World Intellectual Property Organization by the estate of J.R.R. Tolkien against the purveyors of a new cryptocurrency known as J.R.R. Token, which was being sold at www.jrrtoken.com. Well, as creative as that was by the cryptocurrency company, I'm sure that was not very well received by the estate of J.R.R. Tolkien. Uh, that estate has been known to aggressively protect its intellectual property and has gone after companies who reference or otherwise utilize intellectual property from The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. You're exactly right. And that's why they instituted the proceeding with the World Intellectual Property Organization. For those of you who aren't familiar with the World Intellectual Property Organization, it oversees uniform domain name dispute resolution proceedings, otherwise known as UDRP proceedings. These proceedings are used when the domain name registered by the domain name registrant is identical or confusingly similar to a trademark or service mark in which the complainant, which is the person or entity bringing the complaint, has rights. And the domain name registrant has no rights or legitimate interest in respect to the domain name in question. And the domain name has been registered and is being used in bad faith. Yeah, the determination of use in bad faith is a key factor in a UDRP proceeding. Josh, why don't you uh, tell our listeners a little bit about what constitutes use in bad faith? Of course, and that's addressed in paragraph 4B of the UDRP policy. And they set out examples of circumstances that will be considered by an administrative panel to be evidence of bad faith registration and use of a domain name. First, circumstances indicating that the domain name was registered or acquired primarily for the purpose of selling, renting, or otherwise transferring the domain name registration to the complainant who is the owner of the trademark or service mark or to a competitor of that complainant for valuable consideration in excess of the domain name registrant's out-of-pocket costs directly related to the domain name. So in other words, ransoming the domain name back to the trademark owner or selling it to a competitor constitutes bad faith, right? I think that's pretty reasonable and I think that's accurate. Yeah. Next, the domain name was registered in order to prevent the owner of the trademark or service mark from reflecting the mark in a corresponding domain name, provided that the domain name registrant has engaged in a pattern of such conduct. Or... The domain name was registered primarily for the purpose of disrupting the business of a competitor. Or finally, there is uh, bad faith where by using the domain name, the domain name registrant intentionally attempted to attract for financial gain 
internet users to the registrant's website or other online location by creating a likelihood of confusion with the complainant's mark as to the source, sponsorship, affiliation, or endorsement of the registrant's website or location or of a product or service on the registrant's website or location. That usually constitutes initial interest confusion where someone might go to this location because they think it has something to do with J.R.R. Tolkien where, Tolkien, where it has absolutely nothing to do with Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit, right? Right. And that's exactly what we're dealing with here. And one would assume that that was the purpose in creating this website and, and even the name of the token itself. Right. So if the administrative panel rules in favor of the complainant, there are only three types of decisions that can be made by the panel. Uh, one, they can decide in favor of the trademark holder and uh, order that the domain name be transferred to the trademark holder. And by the way, that's usually what uh, most complainants request is that, and that's really the whole reason why you um, engage in a UDR pr proceeding is to get the offending domain name, get control and ownership over the offending domain name. Because if you choose any of these other two, which is just to either cancel it or uh, allow it to um, uh, be transferred to somebody else, then you, you might be facing this scenario uh, one more time. But you know, another remedy is actually to just have the domain name be canceled and go back into the kind of ether. Um, and then lastly, the panel could decide that the complainant um, has not established the three factors which they must establish. And uh, if they do that, then the, the complainant will, the complainant will have the complaint denied and the responding party will be able to maintain ownership of that domain name. Here, the panel found that the crypto developer was acting in bad faith when it created a website to trade off of the fame of Tolkien's works while fully aware of the existence of those works. Surprisingly, and I say that with the utmost sarcasm, the panel found against the developer, despite the developer's argument that token is a generic term that couldn't possibly be confused with Tolkien and that it was not infringing any intellectual property. So as a result, the panel ordered the developer to transfer the domain to the Tolkien estate. That, I mean, I will say that was a clever argument by the, um, by the cryptocurrency company. But I mean, if that was the case, why did they use JRR? I mean, you know, it sounded just like the name of the author, J.R.R. Tolkien. And that's the entire reason why they used JRR is to you know, trade off of <laughs> trade off of the goodwill and reputation and uh, brand of the um, the author. Um, I mean, it's really interesting, and and frankly, I think it's something we're I, I know we're going to continue to see as cryptocurrency continues to grow, and um, as uh, cryptocurrency platforms start allowing name uh, protocols for their hash marks as opposed to just, you know, 123.43.27, right? If you can say, um, you know, scotthervey.fn or .eu or whatever the, 
you know, specific cryptocurrency top level domain might be, well, we're, you know, we're going to have these issues just like we did uh, when the, you know, the first TLDs.com.org.info rolled out. So, you know, while the most popular of cryptocurrencies are surely following all of the appropriate rules and regulations, you know, this is kind of the Wild West and the more fringy cryptocurrency uh, coins might not. Yeah, I think that's exactly right, Scott. Uh, we'll have to continue to monitor these situations. And if we find something interesting, I'm sure we can uh, jump back on here. I'm sure we will find some more interesting UDRP cases regarding cryptocurrency hashes. Thanks again, Josh. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this installment of The Briefing by the IP Law Blog. Please remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and to our podcast. And if you're interested in more content, please visit us at theiplawblog.com. Yeah.